Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to AI Named This Show. I'm Tasia Custody. And I'm Tristan Jutra. And we're your human hosts. On this week's episode, we're talking gadgets and assistant robots for us and our furry companions, plus all the AI Samsung has packed into their S24 Ultra. Okay, Tristan, before I say hello to our special listeners, I want you to know I have been practicing this. <laughs> And I, I also want to add a disclaimer that honest to pieces, I'm really going to go for it and try. And I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> Are you ready? I, I saw this in the rundown. I'm like, good luck. <laughs> okay, here we go. Take a deep breath. Zadrasti to our <gasps> listeners in Bulgaria. Did I nail it? Well done. Well Thank done. Thank you. According to been... us, I've nailed it. <laughs> I would have been even more proud of you if you just read it from the Cyrillic and didn't have the little uh, the little cheat in the Roman characters there. Bless but. Google Translate for <laughs> even providing me the English letters to that. Zrasti. Not the translation, though, by the way. Um, I had to look up a YouTube did, video for that you and find somebody did you, teaching you didn't me how to say it. You didn't offend an entire nation, did you? Nope. She said okay. this is like the most common. Okay. Now, I mean, one YouTuber can't be wrong. This is the most common way people greet each other, Sample she said in one. Bulgaria. <laughs> Zadrasti. So if you've been horribly offended, you listeners in Bulgaria... Let us know at feedback at AI Name This Show. Don't blame or, me. Blame the YouTuber. <laughs> and while you're at it, come visit our website at AINamethisShow.com. Just saying. Just saying. All right, Tristan. I have a wee bit of kind of like a follow-up-ish thing mm -hmm. for you because mm -hmm. last week, if you remember, one of my picks from CES 2024 was that ChatGPT is going to be in all Volkswagen vehicles starting like this quarter of this year, basically starting in Europe first and then coming to America. So it is now being forecasted that connected cars will make up 95% of all vehicles on the road by 2030. What? I know. Each connected car, by the way, will generate 25 gigabytes of data per hour. Per hour. So I just want people to think about like, like your storage space on stuff, because yeah. I feel like that's what's it maybe... doing with that data. Is it storing it? Is it just hmm. letting it go? Is it transmitting it somewhere? Is it is it sending it to Facebook? Apparently, like forty eight thousand other companies are. So we learned this week. This is what we really don't know, and these are all very valid questions to ask. But here's what we do know: there was a survey done with more than two thousand car owners and people that have car leases in the U.S. and 
most drivers do not understand what data is being collected from their connected cars. And nor, Tristan, do they even understand what a connected car really is. <laughs> so they're not fully aware of the benefits, maybe maybe even some of the drawbacks and concerns over privacy and data. And many don't even use apps like Apple CarPlay or Android Auto. I would fall into that category. This is Confessionals with Tasia Kastiri. I have an older car. She is connected via Bluetooth, and that is how I connect <laughs> my phone. And you know what? It works better than Apple sometimes, <laughs> I gotta say. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going on the record as saying my 2013 Toyota oh. RAV4 <laughs> with Bluetooth connection to my phone works smoother and easier than Brett's fancy Lexus that is a 2019 that mm -hmm. I had to buy him a fancy little dongle to make it a wireless frickin' connection. Oh, well, that's half the problem. Thank you very much. Don't even get me started. Wires? Give me give me wires any day. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. Are you out of your mind? Oh, are you on Wi-Fi now? Is that... Is... <laughs> Huh? Glitch, Speaking of confessionals. Uh, 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 <laughs> actually, I am. I didn't hardwire for this, and I probably uh, usually do. Tristan's going to Good thing we don't have a producer show. to ream you out, because I'm wired in like a good little sausage here. Anyhow, please proceed. <laughs> Any hoozy, the research also highlighted a few other important findings that car manufacturers are probably going to take note of. So... Big thing, drivers are willing to pay more for premium features like driver assist, touchscreens, and smartphone integration. Here, this here. is what I'm talking about, Tristan, mm -hmm. smartphone integration. I don't want wires and I don't want to have to think about it. I want it to just happen for me, which my Bluetooth does. Drivers are also willing to share personal data, if you can believe it or not, for benefits like better insurance rates, advanced driver personalization, and enhanced personal safety features. However- And massive privacy violations. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're less comfortable with more invasive data. Mm -hmm. So they're drawing a line, such as voice recordings, biometrics, and text messages. I just want to say, if we may take an aside, if you are trusting any of your data to any company, then you probably should understand that you're trusting all of your data to that company. Do you know what I mean? Because even if they're being trustworthy with it, if there is a hack, like remember when MGM got hacked? in Vegas, and that was a nightmare, <laughs> and a poop show. I'm just saying, whatever data you have out there and you've given to these companies, just know they could get it all. <laughs> so I'm glad just, you all drew a line, but... <laughs> just don't do your 23andMe through your car, because... Yeah, there you, you go. You'll get hacked. <laughs> so it was re also revealed at CES that Qualcomm is going to be collaborating with industry leaders to develop to deliver a platform for connected car services and also with Salesforce to connect its Snapdragon digital chassis solutions with the Salesforce automotive cloud. So this is going to give automakers a more holistic view of driver and vehicle data so that they can offer a more personalized experience. So again, if you want a personalized experience, you are giving up certain data for that, just yep. to be clear. And the whole thing too, like, Better insurance rates, well, that is if they're sharing data about your driving habits, how often you're exceeding the speed limit, where the kind of places you drive to, are you going oh. outside of areas that maybe, you know, if you're get, sometimes you can get deals if you stick to certain areas, are you going outside of those areas if the GPS is connected, et cetera, et cetera. The access to your car's quote unquote black box when it comes to accident forensics and the like, like that's what a lot of the da data is, is the telematics of your vehicle and all. It's, 
it's like I said, it's like the black box from a plane, but in your car. So there's a lot of potential implications there, privacy and otherwise. So just be mindful of what you're signing up for. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little cottage industry that emerges at some point where, you know, you, you get these rogue engineers like disconnecting certain uh, elements, certain uh, connectivity options or certain data streams if you want to. Some options. Like that's the thing. It's like with CarPlay and Android Auto, a lot of people trust their iPhone or they trust their Android device, you know, for better or for worse. But if you have ambitious car companies getting their fingers into your data and then who knows what they're doing with it because they're all connected and you don't have really any control over that car's independent Wi-Fi or cellular connection. It's kind of like what we've seen with smart TVs as well and how some TV makers like Roku are subsidizing the price of the TVs by doing data collection and selling that to other parties. So as long as you know what you're signing up for, cool. But if it gets to a point where there are very few other options, that's going to be interesting. And then maybe people will clamor for the Apple car because they'll protect your privacy, right? Question mark. Sure they will. More so than the Google car, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I'm just waiting for the Amazon Prime, the Amazon Prime video car that you, you buy and then you're paying monthly fees. And then after a few years, it just starts showing ads unless you want to pay an extra two ninety nine a month. If you want to drive, not the like vehicle, that would ever happen. If you want to turn it on, it's going to cost you. <laughs> exactly. At least BMW doesn't charge you a subscription for heated seats anymore. That's progress. Okay. Oh boy. All right, Tristan. What follow up do you have? We have for a me? little bit of follow up for one of your favorite topics oh. of the last few weeks. We know, we all know, Tej, that you're in favor of um, developing romantic relationships with AIs. And I just want to take a dramatic pause and let everybody know that's called sarcasm. <laughs> well, apparently we saw the GPT store on uh, for ChatGPT being opened up for people to be able to offer their GPTs to the public and maybe make a little money off them, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a number of rules they have, but apparently those rules are already being broken, Tasia. The uh, GPTs are meant to be created for specific reasons or not created at all for, in some cases. Now, it turns out if you search for certain terms like you know, virtual girlfriend, or uh, let's see here. Um, There's like a virtual sweetheart. Oh, God, I hate the word sweetheart. <laughs> Don't ever freaking say that to me. Okay, sweetheart. You know how demeaning. Easy, uh, easy. Virtual sweetheart. Well, I'm already enraged. People have, people have their sweethearts. It's Carry okay on. for people to. It's, it's okay for people to have sweethearts. Just so we're clear. I but don't it needs like to be consensual. It. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That's our. Next, that we'll, have, we'll have a whole episode on. What happens if AI you look consent? Up consensual sweetheart. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> so you could search for um, things like, like I said, virtual sweetheart, your girlfriend Scarlet, your girlfriend Sue, um, and you get prompts like, "Oh, what does your dream girl look like?" And share with me your darkest secret. And you know, OpenAI said, um, "You know, we." They, they they wanted to ban GPTs dedicated to fostering romantic companionship or performing regulated activities. AI safety is something that is a concern of a lot of the LLM makers, the large language model makers, especially maybe the board of OpenAI, who has had various concerns, safety and otherwise, uh, such as, as discussed in November. 
But it's interesting that they've chosen this particular issue because I think certain people you might ask, well, what's the harm, right? You know, what's 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 wrong with chatting with a, you know, an AI sweetheart, be it female largely or or male in some cases. Um, but as we discussed a few episodes ago, like I think it's still a little up in the air whether this is a healthy type of thing. Like there may be some therapeutic uses, in, but I don't know. Any any regardless, OpenAI has taken a stand and said this is something that should not be done. Now, apparently, uh, seven of the 30 AI chatbot apps downloaded in 2023 from the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store were related to AI friends, girlfriends, or companions. So a lot of these apps are basically kind of skins uh, wrapped around OpenAI functionality, ChatGPT functionality, or one of the other LLMs. So they're quite popular standalone, but now people are making custom GPTs in the ChatGPT App Store. And despite maybe you know any efforts to crack down on these things there are still in i just i just checked i didn't sign up for any of them tasia just so we're clear thank but you there's a, there's at least a handful that are still on there because it's going to be a whole cat and mouse game they're going to change the language and they're going to do all their little search engine optimization tricks to get found and but, why is it always mostly ai girlfriends well i mean the people are lonely the pandemic didn't help but this is going to be, God. you know, I mean, there's a lot of awkward people. So I think, Tasia, this could be another income opportunity for you. If we could train an LLM. And to be fair, to keep it even, we'll do one of me too. But I guarantee you it will not nearly be as possible. And we could keep people company. Maybe in their connected cars. Do people want me to yell at them? I mean, what is my <laughs> LLM going to say? It's going to say, go outside and get some fresh air and stop talking to me. Go I don't care. Interact with one real human in your day. One. I don't care how. Is it a phone call? Do you have to go to the gas station? What do you have to do? Stop talking to me. That's going to be mine. <laughs> I'm going to encourage people to dip their toe back into reality. Who would want to sign up for an angry Italian woman yelling at them all the time? Well, actually, think... <laughs> now that I say it out loud... <laughs> You there know, some people be might niche. be, yes, ah, please humiliate me, Tasia. That's what it'll be called. But the, I think your unique value <laughs> proposition will be, it's not actually an LLM. They, it's actually like, a, 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 it, they, it just calls you and then you get to like ream people out yourself. How about that? It's like, surprise. You <laughs> thought you were getting an LLM. Oh, this is much worse. <laughs> I am here to admonish you. So we all look forward to Tasia GPT. An angry Italian, Tasia GPT, coming soon to a, a GPT store near you. Someone's going to start that. We should have trademarked that uh -oh. first. <laughs> so anyway, oh. it's a cat and mouse game. Hard to enforce the rules, but I'm yeah. sure they're getting lots of submissions at the chat GPT uh, store. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Like you said, oh, it's boy. been open for what, two days? I mean, two days now as of today that we're recording this. And oh, a week and two days? This yeah, is just yeah. going to be... The tip of the mm -hmm. iceberg in terms of what we're going to see and the the type of banned content that will inevitably make its way as things will. So we'll see how they do with policing such things. But I would like to switch gears a bit, Tristan, and um, give you some more language confusion, perhaps. You know how we like to talk about all the names that Google likes to name things and mm -hmm. Microsoft also likes to play this game with naming things like their co-pilot. Well, now... Even though it's been almost a year since Microsoft launched 
It's ChatGPT powered Bing Chat, which mm -hmm. is now just called Copilot. So we've already had Co one name switch. I think it's Copilot with Bing Chat now. <laughs> there you go. But now they've got more AI moves coming. Are you ready for these? Buckle so up. Microsoft is launching Copilot Pro because we needed another name. It's a $20 monthly subscription that gives power users access to the latest ChatGPT releases, as well as access to Copilot and Microsoft 365 apps and some other new features. Additionally, the Copilot iOS and Android apps are also now available to everyone. Before it was like limited use case. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Microsoft also introduced Get ready for it, Tristan. Copilot GPT, <laughs> which okay. is a okay. new feature that will allow you to tweak Copilot around specific topics like fitness and travel, cooking, and the like. So it's Co like custom GPTs in ChatGPT Plus then? Correct. Okay. Just to add more Got naming it. conventions to people if we're not confusing everybody already. Copilot Pro users will be able to create their own Copilot GPTs eventually. So just like... Microsoft's version right. of OpenAI's standalone GPTs. I should really read, read ahead in the notes, but please go ahead. <laughs> no, there you go. Just so nobody's confused, okay? Copilot Pro users will also have access to GPT-4 Turbo at peak times starting right now as I speak. And eventually they're going to be able to toggle between different GPT models. This subscription also grants users better AI image creation, which is supposed to be faster and deliver higher quality images with even stuff like optional landscape formatting. And by the way, the price I quoted you before, Copilot Pro at $20 a month, that's per user. Mm -hmm. So plan to shell out some more bucks if multiple people in your household want access. So that's single user. And that's Copilot Pro, in case you were confused with what we were talking about. It'll be interesting to see how th this offering, which more closely mirrors what ChatGPT Plus is like, but in the whole Microsoft ecosystem, if that will start to stunt ChatGPT's growth. I mean, they're, they're kind of in bed together anyway, so maybe it's not a big deal. They're, last we heard a few weeks ago that all of these features being added to Copilot, like the, the free version, didn't seem to be stunting ChatGPT's growth because maybe it's a different audience, maybe more casual users. And then, of course, all the stuff in Microsoft 365 tends to be geared more toward business, uh, enterprise and what like, as this seems to be uh, to a certain extent. So there's a lot of different flavors of of Copilot. Getting, and they're putting Copilot in absolutely everything. We talked about the, the Office apps are all getting their own forms of Copilot, kind of like the Google Workspace apps are with Bard and eventually Gemini. So... Cool. Bring it on. But hopefully they don't make things more confusing than they need to be. Because as a Microsoft user in our company, you know, trying to decide between, oh, do we want Microsoft Project for the desktop? Or do we want Microsoft Project uh, Online? Or Microsoft Project for the web? And do we want Project 3, Project 5, or Project Plan 3, Project Plan 5? Project Like, it's a, there's so many. And don't even get me started on the whole Dynamics ecosystem. There's so many Dynamics apps, apps so many flavors, et cetera, et cetera. So I just hope that Microsoft doesn't and poopify for lack of a better phrase, to <laughs> the, the whole co-pilot ecosystem and making it too confusing for people. Because that's what they seem to do best. And that's yes. what has been keeping legions of IT, IT folks in business for decades now as well. So just please don't screw it up, Microsoft. You got a good thing going here. Please listen to the please <laughs> of our... Please listen to the please. <laughs> um, so, 
of one of us who is embedded in the Microsoft <laughs> ecosystem. So, so you mentioned uh, confession a little earlier this episode, Teja, and I have a little a quasi-confession of my mm -hmm. own. When we were talking about our picks from uh, CS 2024, our AI-related AI picks, anyhow, there was one that I was thinking maybe we should talk about, and then... Uh, I, I have to, my confession is that I didn't look at it closely enough in terms of watching the demo video um, uh, that was online. And since we, I know we, we've talked about it on Momentous Live, you've talked about it on your own podcast. And the whole idea was that we would do a follow-up today talking more about this, the gadgety kind of stuff in CES uh, 2024, uh, the AI gadgety kind of thing. So it feels like maybe this is a little late, but we wanted to give it its due. And that is Rabbit. Now, be careful when you yes. search online for rabbit AI. Mm -hmm, there's a, a mm -hmm. few different rabbit AIs out there. So, rabbit uh, is also the name of an adult toy. So, <laughs> you don't want to just Google that as well. Or maybe you do. Or no maybe you here. do. No, this is a safe space. We're just saying. And maybe there's AI in words. that as well. I don't know. But that's not what we're talking about here today. So if so, to be safe, if you want to check out the Rabbit R1, which we'll describe in a moment, and that you can find that at rabbit.tech. All right? Rabbit.tech. Rabbit.tech. Not rabbit.ai like you might think it would be. They didn't manage to snag that. And it's not rabbitai.com. And it's not sexy rabbit fun times toy or anything like that. <laughs> so... The Rabbit R1 that you may very well have heard of already. We'll just do a, a quick overview of it. And it is a pocket device that is geared to allow us to do maybe anything. It's a standalone gadget. It's about half the size of an iPhone with a 2.88-inch touchscreen uh, and a rotating camera for taking photos and uh, videos. And it has a scroll wheel that allows us to navigate. And it's, and it's an adorable little... It's device. like a little square, like to explain it for people. It's it's like half the size of yeah, like half the size of maybe your smartphone ish, and the the camera rotates like front to back, and then there's like a scroll wheel under that. So and then picture like a screen to the left of those yeah, and like buttons things. on the side, and so mm -hmm. it's made in partnership with Teenage Engineering, and you know so they they developed this deep orange, nice lovely orange case and uh, these unique controls and teenage engineering is known for making all sorts of like quirky audio devices over the years like little se samplers and sequencers and synth synthesizers and the like and more recently the playdate a kind of retro-esque handheld gaming uh, console which is in a bright yellow and it has a crank and it has a subscription for games and whatnot so teenage engineering is really cool and pretty well respected uh in the tech community but the there's so when the button on the side activates the device's built-in assistant so using kind of like a walkie-talkie type interface and instead of a large language model they're talking about a large action model. So uh, it was it was announced before CES, but then they took the company had the opportunity to show things off a bit more at CES itself. And they had also a, a video, kind of quasi-Apple-esque sort of video that uh, show, showcased its capabilities uh, of the uh, Rabbit R1, such as, um, you know, booking an Uber, uh, suggesting recipes, generating images. You could, you know, train it to use Dolly. It can control your music, you know, interact with Spotify, get to buy your groceries. You can use it to send messages all through this, you know, interface. So you can use voice and then there's, you, know, you use, you know, touch to confirm certain things. And you go to a web portal and just basically log in to the various services uh, you subscribe to. And it doesn't store your credentials 
in its own service or in its in the device, it basically stays logged in. So there's you know it's maybe hashed your credentials, but it doesn't have access to that. Once it's logged into these, it's kind of like do you remember IFTTT? If this, then that, mm-hmm. or Zapier, or some of those tools that allow allow you to string different macro processes together. It's kind of like that. And, you know, you can think of it like a universal controller for your app, sort of like a, you know, Siri or Alexa or Google Assistant, but but smarter. The idea is that you just ask for what you want and Rabbit delivers, you know, supposedly. So if there are certain services it's not familiar with, the idea is there's a training mode. I'm not exactly sure if it's using a computer vision model or what exactly, but their mission is basically to break the whole app-based paradigm and have your interaction be a lot more natural. And you know, so you're not just you don't have you're not staring at the grid of apps like we've been doing since the Palm Pilot days, quite frankly. Now the question is, is this going to be successful? We people are so trained to use this, you know, you use apps, although and to be fair, we've been trained to use search engines and now a lot of us are starting to use chatbots and LLMs to get answers to our questions. So will that behavior translate into inter- interacting with a device uh, like this and to get our things done rather than having to open an app and do things? So Teja, <laughs> my question to you, I mean, it has four, four gigs of memory, 128 gigs of storage and a battery that's supposed to last all day for 199 bucks, Teja. Available for pre-order now and starting shipping in March or April, Easter, they said. So that's March 31st. Although there's, they've sold out multiple waves so far, so it could be months and months if you order now. Mm-hmm. But for you, Tasia, for under $200, that magic price point where you don't even have to ask your spouse, supposedly. Are oh, you tempted to get it? Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> what they say. I don't know how they're making money, but Tasia, would you entertain the notion of an Rabbit R1 to break the whole app paradigm and help automate your life a little bit and interact in a more natural way with your tech. I don't want another device. <laughs> bingo. So, bingo. So I get where this can go and I get this is the first iteration of the thing like it. So put X in there for whatever that looks like. The real game changer is when the devices we are already walking around with in our pocket every day that are doing all of the things we do and communicating how we communicate anyway also act like that in a way more easy, simplified, streamlined way than an if this, then that. Because setting up if this, then that are a pain and they can take you all darn day. So, And they're it, easy compared to real programming. <laughs> right. And so like if it can work in a, in a conversational language way where I can just set up these prompts, if you will, but it's already on a device that I already have. Because everyone's so quick to say like, yeah, like it's not a phone and like, oh, no, they're not trying to replace your phone. But it's like, no, do like I want. But I, you know, like I want I'm ready for Apple or whatever. Maybe it's a Pixel or maybe it's a Samsung, whatever. Who's going to be the one that is like, no, no, no. That's where this is going with these devices we already have. I don't want another standalone. It's like kind of how we saw um, the pin, the AI, the humane AI pin that we talked about. You know, you and I said, like, we could maybe see a use case for it if it was, like, a prettier wearable or something that was more usable in terms something of, like... it doesn't look like a Rode lav mic. <laughs> yeah, like a huge square Rode lav... Yeah. So, but even then, I had a lot of weird privacy issues with, like, that type of thing 
being worn on the body much like a google glass was um Mm -hmm. which now we're seeing with the ray-bans but um yeah i just think i don't want another that's my really long way of repeating i don't want another device like what i don't know like are you because i get it's cheap and like it's kind of almost a fun thing to be like one of us should get it just to try it (laughs) but like that thing is going to sit 200 bucks is 200 dollars for me to spend on something that's going to end up sitting in my desk drawer and i'm going to say remember when tristan and then it'll be cool in like 10 years when we're like remember this yeah. remember you know what? this Just don't relic yeah, don't take it out of the box it'll be way worth way more uh yeah so unmomentous live this week we said we talked about that very thing is this something that's going to end up in a desk drawer because that would be a real shame and i have another confession for you tasia oh no did you already order it maybe <laughs> of course so, you did good well, now I, mean, I don't have to well it's under 200 dollars at magic price point well canadian dollars it's uh, don't even get me started but yeah i want to so seven thousand canadian dollars <laughs> now the, the the thing here the play that you mentioned i think the play is well there's two different things i can envision is that yeah, this is the to replace your smartphone. Like stick a SIM. I don't. I, I have to confirm. Like, can you stick a SIM card in this thing? Because if not, you should be able to. And maybe if it doesn't, the next one you can. Uh, maybe something we can do a real time fact check on that. But I think the idea is like, yeah, we're, this is to replace your smartphone, and it's only two hundred dollars, and you make it more web aware and connecting to all your services anyhow. So I what I think is there is a race right now between devices like this getting smart enough to replace your smartphone and so between device makers like them and ai and the uh, the humane and you know tag and all that stuff and the makers of or not to mention meta with their ray-ban glasses as you mentioned and the makers of the traditional smartphones such as apple and you know samsung and google with all the whole all the android phones and the smarts replacing you know doing brain transplants uh, of their digital assistants with llms that are a lot more useful. And by all accounts, we're probably going to see that in the next version of Siri in iOS 18 this fall, fingers crossed. And Google Gemini powering, like we're going to be talking about some other stuff in a minute, right? So is they, they've got a very limited window of opportunity to compel people to like, oh, hey, this is good enough. I don't need my phone because this otherwise it's an app. And some, some guys already developed an app that re- replicates a lot of the functionality. So yes. <laughs> And to I mean, confirm, it yeah. does have a SIM card slot. There you go. Throw away so your you phone, So you can Tasia. access cellular networks, and it mm-hmm. also works via Wi-Fi as well. Perfect. So that could be a good test. Maybe if I could hook it up to, um, and it probably won't work with iCloud. That's the problem. So if you know, go for a week without, if I was a real YouTuber, that would be a good. That'd be a good video. I went for a whole. I know week. where you're no. going with this. Yeah. I can't. How am I supposed to? You think about a chat app. I communicate with people in like three different chat apps on my phone at a minimum, sometimes four. This is no, too, I, see, this I, I is totally already too confusing for me. But you it's guys. a wrapper, right? I mean, if it's not like you have, it's not like this phone, this device, the R1, has a Spotify app. It's plug, it's hooking into Spotify's web services. So the idea here is that kind of obviates the need for apps or if it does support its own apps eventually, that you don't really need to see them. It's just you could the idea is that you'd be able to say to it, hey, send a signal message to Gray or whatever and boop a doop a doop. It should just know. And if they're getting smart enough, they should know. And if they don't know, then you train it. That's the whole point of the training mode, right? Then you need to test this. I guess so. 
I'll probably end up getting it like in 2027 at this rate. But We literally need to do a follow-up episode on after you've had it in hand for like uh, two weeks, I'll say that's because you're pretty mm-hmm. you're pretty efficient. I don't think you mm. need too much more than that to be like, this is nailing it or this is failing it. <gasps> nail it or fail it. Guys, this is a segment now. We're going to have to do a nail it or fail it segment. Why didn't we think of this before? Tristan? We're doing it live. This is It's really... okay. We've got another segment we're going to start doing. Well, TBD, or TB continued on that. Okay, Tasia, enough about rabbits. How about dogs? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm actually, I got a lot of thoughts here. Okay, something else we didn't talk about from CES is the Oro dog companion robot. So Oro is a nanny, like a dog nanny robot that was unveiled by Augman Robotics at CES. And it's programmed to recognize, get this, signs of anxiety or restlessness in your dog and provide engagement, comfort, and of course, treats when you're not around i will sidebar many times during this tristan to just i just my first sidebar is going to be to let you know i have a border collie anybody that has a herding dog (laughs) with herding instincts her anxiety it's 24 7 she has anxiety in her sleep in the dreams she's having it's she is the most anxious dog i've ever met in my life so and she also does not play well with robots. <laughs> to be continued, though. So the Oro is built with advanced AI. It's fitted with two-way audio and video screens, so you can interact with your dog remotely, of course. It even allows you to capture images and videos that you can share with friends. A built-in dispenser launches treats <laughs> on your command. <laughs> and Projectile treats. Yes. And there's also a separate automatic food bowl, like an automatic feeder that will release food on schedule or on command if you're away and it's your pet's regular feeding time. So here's the really interesting thing. A ball thrower is housed in the middle section of Oro or what I'm going to call its tummy. And it will play fetch with your dog for pretty much as long as your dog can keep up, which for my dog would be all day and night, girl. You better work, robot, because Poppy will not stop. So in that instance, I would literally have to set the robot to stop because we have to tell Poppy when to stop. It's kind of honestly out of control. (sighs) The things people need to tell you before you get 
a really active herding mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. Any hoozy. Oro can also navigate the home autonomously using advanced camera and LiDAR-based mapping systems, so kind of like our robot vacuums, you know? And it can tag along with your pup and clue you in on the action. I once again need to sidebar for you, Tristan. Action. <laughs> Poppy, as I mentioned, does not play well with robots, nor our regular vacuum, to the point where... We have to put her outside if I am vacuuming. She cannot be in that. Like, it is a constant, like, that herding instinct kicks in. She's the brightest dog I've ever met. She will not listen to a command. Like, the second the robot vacuum goes off or the second I have my manual vacuum, she sees wheels, she sees the thing moving, and she's got to herd it. Like, it's, this instinct kicks in. So I can only imagine this freaking robot (laughs) trying to follow her around. She would have that thing on the ground, Tristan, before, honest to God, I kind of want to get one (laughs) to see how long it lasts (laughs) because I'm telling you, she sleeps in here when I'm working during the day. I hear the robot come on and I tell her, leave it. She will charge like a bat on a hill out of her crate because we just, that's where she likes to sleep in her little den and get that. She'll like boast around the corner. Can't even see it yet. She's like, and like nipping at it and she's learned how to turn it off now the robot her, vacuum yes because if her she tooth is the hits it the in the right spot turned. on the button stops it in its track you know how many times i've tripped over the robot vacuum stopped in its track so anyway i'm going on a tangent here but i gotta say they've test they say they've tested this with i don't know 10 or 12 10 of the most popular breeds and i'm like couldn't have been a border collie because i can tell yeah, you right there's now there's a lot of breeds out there <laughs> there are a lot of breeds but Here's the thing, like if we want to kind of talk about the AI in it a little bit more. Oro, what they're trying to do with it is like learn a little bit more about your dog's behavior pattern so then it can kind of spring into action, whether that be with soothing music, maybe it's a physical interaction when it senses distress or restlessness or the desire to play. Again, I would think it would cause my dog stress, so I'm I'm not really sure how this would work, but distress manifests itself and anxiety manifests itself in different ways in different dogs, right? So it's kind of interesting to see if slash how this will actually work. It also comes programmed, like I said, to recognize audible signs and physical signs in about 10 of the most popular domestic breeds. So I couldn't find the list in this, like which ones were included in that. I'm assuming 10 of the most popular, a lab has got to be on there. A golden retriever, maybe a golden doodle. Those are pretty popular now. But, you know, like, I really don't know, like, if a crazy dog like mine would be included on that list. It will also alert you remotely if it can't solve the issue. <laughs> Something tells me I'd be getting alerted all the time because Poppy would it'd be like, man down, Oro down, Oro injured, send help. <laughs> but this will set you back. About 800 bucks, Tristan, and it's going to begin shipping in April. Oh, and by the way, also, it's going to act as like, I want to call it maybe like a how your online portal would be, like, say, with your vet's office, where you should be able to, like, track all the shots and vaccines and all the health and medication records and all that kind of stuff. So that's it's neat to have everything in one place. I just think it looks really cute and they're really pitching it in like this great way, like a companion is how they're pitching it for With your gentle pet. interactions. Yeah, and and I gotta say, if anyone listening 
has a herding breed or a high energy dog, I think this thing's going to piss my dog off even more and scare her even more and send her. Do you guys think I should spend $800 and just see how insane Poppy goes? Now, there's a YouTube video. <laughs> you could get four rabbit R1s for that price. But uh, I mean, this obviously, there's a lot to this system with the... So does that hitter box include the, the the feeder module as well? That's that a thing a... because they're just saying the Oro robot is eight hundred. But then when you looked at the CES, which by the way at CES they didn't even actually do a demo, which is part of the other reason why I'd be like, ne- mm. you know, my thing is I always say never buy a first iteration or first model of anything. But this would be a perfect reason to not buy this first iteration because if you can't even show the live demo at CES, mm-hmm. and I get it. They probably don't have a dog on the show floor and like it's probably difficult over, but like to not even show it tossing the ball. He's a robot dog. Come on. Yeah, exactly. Like it's I have some questions. Put it that way. They create a demand and And then they're calling a solution. They're calling like so that's just the oral robot. Then they're calling it like like the the package or whatever it is or the you -hmm. know the two together so i don't know that it actually includes that feeder which i have an automatic feeder for the cat so the cool thing would be if oro started just syncing with your third party automatic feeders that would be cool good luck with that i don't know tristan would you try it for your pets well unfortunately our cat is no longer with us and we have an an 11, 11 and a half year old rough collie and I don't, he would probably be like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I do not I want to play. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's slowing down a little. I mean, this reminds me a little bit of the, the AI powered baby monitor we talked about in the previous episode and how it, it's using the power of AI. It's trained to detect different cries, different needs and, and the like. And this is, you know, this is trained on different dog breeds and their types of needs as well. So cool. AI. Yeah. Um, uh, whether people want to shell out that those kind of bucks, say, you know, maybe people who have the AI salaries <laughs> to do it. Because this is the thing: there's already these separate iterations, right? Like we already have mm. the pet feeder. There's already things that dispense treats. There's already mm-hmm. video cameras you could talk to your dogs. There's already ones that does like a fetch automatically. So, do you need all of that in a robot? Like I can just picture me waking up in the middle of the night and this. <laughs> This mofo is just staring at me like, with its little eyes, eyes <laughs> its eyes on the digital yeah. screen. And I'm, yeah. I, that's nightmare fuel. It is really cute, but I, I don't think it'd be healthy for my dog. I actually think it would cause a lot of stress for her. I do want to try it though. Uh. Brett would kill me. Like if I, if that thing showed up, he'd be like, what did you do? Return or, this immediately. Or, if, if you're listening. Oro, Demo unit if you want to be Ms. a sponsor <laughs> of AI Name This Show well, let's not or get away. my YouTube channel, <laughs> please get in touch. Well, the other thing, too, is that you end up with all these specialty devices. And would this not be better served by a general purpose home assistant robot that happened to know how to interact with dogs, right? Like how many different things, just like the whole R1, the Rabbit R1 discussion, how many different devices do we want because you talked about the uh, you've already got the you know the feeder and this and that and we were talking we'll be talking about to uh, you know, uh, other home assistant robots in just a moment so yeah i mean, that's a lot of money for a one trick pony and it's 
Aren't you working at home now anyway, folks? Play with your dogs. Nothing can replace your interaction with your beautiful, lovable, furry little poop machine. (laughs) And when you're out of the house, just encourage them to sleep. All right. So speaking of home, uh, general purpose robot, home companion, assistant, things. Things. uh, (laughs) Samsung. Beings. Entities. Back in... Oh, sorry. Just one quick last thing. 800 bucks for Oro. I get it. There's a lot to it. But only $200 for the Rabbit R1. <laughs> Tristan's no subscri- really justifying and- his Rabbit purchase. Well, no, okay. No but, no, but just like people are wondering, and there's no subscription. Like, how are they making money? Are they just like basically trying to get market share and then get bought by Google or Apple or Amazon or Meta or something like that? That's I, I can't see them making money at $200 with no subscription. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Um, now what about back to the home robots back in 20 at CES 2020, Samsung showed a prototype of its cute spherical little home robot called Bali. Bali. Yeah. Sort of like, (laughs) kind of like Wally, kind of like Dolly, except instead, I mean, it's not quite as on the nose. It's not a dash E it's B-A-L-L-I-E. So it's a ball. It's Bali. So this is, this is. We're going to jump four years now, eh? This is like, we got a taste four years ago. Mm-hmm. Is it here? Uh, well, soon-ish. Uh, so at CES 2024, um, Samsung was showing off its latest iteration, and it is a little bit different. It's bigger. It's somewhat less spherical. It, and it has a projector. It also has wheels, cameras, and a variety of sensors. So it can act as a smart speaker. What a smart was the home first control. one? Just a freaking ball? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> like... I mean, honestly, I don't even remember the first one. So it was it was just before COVID and you know the before times. Yeah. Who knows what even happened? Um, it can act as a smart speaker, smart home controller, a remote camera. Uh, a person recognizer. So that's a thing. I mean, it can recognize people. Hey, okay, let's use English. And a home navigator. So, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't vacuum for you, but it does some of the stuff. We've we've talked. So I, what I do you on, need it for then? I don't well, understand. Just, just hold, hold up. Okay. It can, it can project videos onto surfaces, handle calls through your okay. phone. So if you don't have your, if you don't, like I keep my phone in my pocket all the time because apparently I want cancer down there or something. But, <laughs> but. Not everyone keeps their phone in their pocket. My wife, my wife Stephanie, she doesn't keep her phone in her pocket all the time, but she always is near a device that will ring if she gets a call, like her computer or iPad or something like that. So this device could hand, you know, act as a smart speaker uh, for you, or, or sorry, as a, a speaker phone, but also act as a smart speaker, like a home assistant, like an, an Alexa or uh, one of those <laughs> others. And um, it can, hey, that's uh, cool as even just a base use, like. Mm-hmm. play music when you're having a party and it could exactly. just like uh, put around or you could be like, hey, go uh-huh. in the other room and play this. <laughs> yeah. well, well, that's the thing is you can boss it around. It can project yeah. images and video onto the floor or to the wall or the ceiling. And in the video, the, the demo video, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, the different uh, use cases um, it, you know, it's, you're doing, you're doing yoga or some exercises on lying on the floor and it'll project stuff onto the ceiling for you. You know, if the you're projection trying to follow along, part is cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, in the demo at CES, it, it was projecting like not in the right places half the time. And it was the, the presenter, he was a trooper and just 
trudging along, doing everything, even though half the time it wasn't quite doing it right. Um, it could project, you know, uh, you know, videos of birds on the floor for your dog. How about that? Uh, would, do you think Poppy would like that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking, what could I do to the cat to torture yeah, the cat koi more? Pond? I could, yeah, exactly. So remember, remember the people used to do koi ponds on their iPads? Well, you could just project it onto the floor. Not interactive, but anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. So this is all part of Samsung's vision for the quote-unquote age of experience, where technology becomes smarter, more complex, I think sophisticated is probably a better word, yet simpler and more personal. And more personable. So the idea is like a little bit of personality here. However, it faces a challenge of competing with, you know, the Amazon's Astro robot and let alone, let alone con convincing consumers of the value of a home projector robot. And because the projector is not like super duper bright and it can only work in, you know, the lighting's got to be dim. So in bright environments, it's not that great. And as such, the crit critical reception has been a bit mixed. Um, some people think the addition of the projector is practical. And I get that too. That's kind of cool because we've talked uh, in tech circles about how one of the things missing from a lot of smart speakers, for example, such as the base model, ALXEAs and HomePods and the like, you know, there's only so much you can do with voice, and sometimes it'd be nice to have it display things. And we've seen some versions uh, uh, have uh, like add, add displays, which adds to the cost, but then they're still fixed in one place. So if you're not in the kitchen or wherever your smart speaker with a screen happens to be, then you've got to go running to go look at the results if it's complex results that don't make sense to be spoken to you. But if you've got this little tyke rolling around following you, it could just project the results of whatever query that don't make sense for voice, you know, onto the floor or onto the wall or what have you. So it is kind of cool in that way. I, li I, li I like that aspect. Um, some people wonder about, the, you know, where, you know where, how the device actually charges, what's the battery life going to be like, what the purpose of the pop-up thing is. Is that a LiDAR thing or is that, uh, you know, it's, there's some, a lot of questions still. There's a human watching you the whole <laughs> <Exactly>. time. <laughs> What's the camera quality like? I don't know. Um, a lot of things haven't been unveiled yet. Here's so there's my some thing. Ex excitement, but it's a lot of questions about its practicality and functionality. Here's my thing. Yeah. Anything with a camera that just like follows you around in your house. <laughs> they made it seem really cute in this video. Okay. Like if you guys look up like Bali, that's B-A-L-L-I-E. We'll have a link in the show AI notes, yeah. smart home companion. <laughs> they make it look oh so cute and innocent. This could be like psycho halloween movie real quick okay <laughs> real quick because it's just gonna follow you around with its little camera like i don't want you to recognize me at all times you know what i'm saying i don't want you to recognize me i want you to go in your little corner and face face the wall i don't want you looking at me especially down low like that you're just stepping yes. out of the shower even with the it's towel around bad hey, whoa, angle. back off bali <laughs> it's a bad angle bali mind your business <laughs> it is cute though but Nightmare I mean, you fuel. can text with it. That's kind of cool. Hi, Amy. I'm patrolling. Because there is a person in there. See? Oh, I'm and watching it's, you. It's, <laughs> it's a just... tiny person. But it, it's got some pet interaction features, too. So maybe that Oro can... Do we know what the price bent. is going to be yet or no? No, we no, just no know pricing. It no might pricing ship yet. this year. It's, let's hope, <laughs> hope it's under four figures. True. So I don't that's, know. that's the neat thing about this space, whether it's the mobile digis, digital assistants in our ears or on our faces or on our lapels or these things that are following around uh, following us around in our homes whether it's for our pets or for general purpose there's a lot of experimentation going a lot of interesting competition it's such early days and a, we may see a variety of form factors ending up being able to coexist i'm not sure if it's going to be a winner take all market necessarily but 
a lot of the various big players are going, like Samsung, are going to have their you know, spaghetti at the wall sort of moments. And we'll see what sticks. We'll see if we see similar things from Google, for example, or <laughs> Amazon Fireball. <gasps> there you go. Fireball. <laughs> yeah. Copyright 2024. AI named the show. Amazon Fireball. <laughs> Call us Andy Jassy. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, we're going to have, Tasia, we're going to be, we can have things on our all over our body. I, I kind of want the meta glasses too. We'll have the glasses. We'll have the human AI pin. We've got that rabbit R one. We've got the robots following us around the house. It's just we're gonna be You're, tripping over devices. They're all gonna give you different right. responses when you prompt them. You'll be very confused. <laughs> yeah. And we'll have all the cancers from all the EMF radiation. From all the things. <laughs> yeah, we'll get RFK Junior on the line. Um, but uh, that's not all that Samsung's been up to lately. They had a big Samsung unpacked event like they do twice a year, Tasia. And what was one of the big things they talked about? They did, and everybody just keeps talking about the Galaxy S24 Ultra. Even smarter and even pricier. <laughs> In well, case you were wondering. Happens. so <laughs> They're not going to leave that premium market all to Apple. Come on. Nope. They have packed it with a metric ton. That's the legal amount. The metric mm-hmm. ton of I AI. It was a metric poop ton. Yeah. Metric poop ton of AI. So it does have a higher starting price now. It's twelve ninety nine. So it's up another hundred bucks, you guys. Every year, we're just going to keep raising that price. It's got a new titanium finish. The Ultra, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're here to talk about AI. So the S24 models have cloud-based AI features that are running Google's Gemini foundational models on device. We just talked about that a few weeks ago. Gemini, it's here. did. It's here. So for local processing. It's Gemini Nano, I assume, right? I'm assuming it's Gemini Nano because that's what Google's working. They have all the different different models everybody so gemini nano is for the on device if you recall so that's local processing via the phone's chipsets which is very exciting and before i know you're probably going to break down a ton of these ai features here and what's really funny is i don't, I don't think you could hear it but poppy started snoring <laughs> I was Samsung like, unpacked. She, she's having one of her uh crazy anxiety dreams i guess oh, she needs um, a pet robot to she needs a robot her. to snap her out of it but before you get into a lot of the cool things you know like there's a, there's a lot of like photo and video mm-hmm. editing tools as well powered by generative ai but Tristan, I kind of want to kick us off with what I think is an absolute banger of a feature. Are you ready for it? Bang away. (laughs) You can turn any video into 120 frames per second slow motion video after the fact. No matter what mode, frame rate, or even camera you freaking used to capture it with. It's using AI to interpolate the missing frames. AI, all the things. I am shook. Can you freaking even? Can you even? This is like, because I know you're going to get into some of the things like kind of cross-pollinate with a lot of the Google Pixel and Pixel 8 Pro Mm -hmm. fun features that I'm obsessed with and I love so much. But like, can you even? This is one of those things where I say, the future is here, it's now, it's happening, oh dear God. Because this, any editors listening will know, this is like the bane of an editor's existence when, well, for me, I have Mm -hmm. clients that ask me, well, can we just make that slow-mo? And I'm like, but listen, though, do you know how that's working? (laughs) It's going to duplicate a frame because it's got to make up. And you're going to notice a glitch and trying to... And now, 
Tristan. You can make anything look like a Zack Snyder film. I'm I'm shook. I'm shook. Game changer. I'm I need a game changer button like like I'm hitting the horn. <laughs> yeah. And I never thought I'd say it for something that's not <clears throat> you know me and my Google Pixel. Bang, hitting that horn, <laughs> yeah, game yeah. changer. Good job, Samsung. Okay. Of course, you know, you remember the when Sweet they started doing this interpolation with TVs about ten years ago or so. They were starting to do it with L, um, LCD TVs, whether you know they were backlit with you know CC, uh, you know fluorescence or LEDs or what have you to compete with plasma and the the motion the fast motion uh, handling. They were doing this interpolation, and then you had all your TVs at Best Buy look like you, I mean you're watching Avatar, and it looks like you're watching a soap opera because they, the frame rate was too high. So hopefully we don't end up in a world like that. But if you're using it for slow-mo, cool beans, go to town. And it looks good. So we'll see in the real-world um, applications, especially when it comes to post-processing non-native clips. But, I mean, it's, it's the magic of AI, Tasia. Don't worry. The real world is just people making TikToks and reels and <laughs> everything's uh, over-processed and oh boy. What is, <laughs> over-filtered as, as, as yeah. it is. But As, as Neelai Patel, the Verge, has been, been saying, what even is a photo? So now it's going to be like, what even is a video, right? Like, what's real anymore where you can swap people's faces out and slow things down, add frames that weren't there, et cetera, et cetera. It's all part of the fun. It's all part of the fun. But what well, is, what, what else is are they packing reality? in these in terms of AI? Well, you know... They're AIing all the things. So in addition to the photo and video features on their uh, their, their line of Galaxy S24, Samsung is including... Uh, so, they're, yeah, so it's not just these adding these extra frames. So you can rotate images or move elements around like we've seen with the Google stuff. And this is all... A lot of this is Google-powered, of course. And you can rotate a photo and have it fill in, gener use generative fill to fill in the corners so you don't have to punch in and crop the image. You can move stuff around and make you make it look like you're doing something more amazing than you actually were. Move it and then it'll backfill where you were previously or whatever object. Or, and Cool stuff. And this is all being powered by the Google AI magic. Yeah, this is all very much... Like the same the Pixel phones, yeah. Mm -hmm, the same, if not very, very similar oh, to what well, we have on our Pixels and Pixel Pro. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that Google's actually sharing those Android features with their, yeah. <laughs> their largest um, Android customer being Samsung. Good times. Uh, so, but it, on top of that, got things like real-time voice translation. So we've seen that demonstrated in with, with devices such as the Humane AI pin, but... I mean, these things are getting so good and so fast because the, the process is being built into these phones now, whether they're the Exynos or the Snapdragons, depending on where you, which model you're getting and which continent you, you live in. They're powerful enough to be doing a lot of this stuff on device in virtually real time. So it, it just speeds up the, inter, the interaction with people who speak a different language than you. You were getting so close to the Star Trek Universal Translator type thing or the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Babblefish. You stick in your ear and it's it's cool summarization of voice recordings so you take and we're seeing this kind of features built into zoom and teams and whatnot but you could have a voice recording uh you know just from a, a meeting or what have you and it'll summarize it and it'll re-jig it for you reformat it for you there's all these great things we'll have links to um videos and articles in the show notes where you can check this stuff out, out yourself um handwriting recognition cool you know that's but it'll even <laughs> It'll even do things like, instead of just doing OCR on your handwriting, it'll 
tidy up your handwriting so it still looks like your handwriting but it looks like your handwriting with maybe two fewer cups of coffee right like it'll just <laughs> some stuff like that it'll just like tidy it up but it'll still look like your handwriting um so that's kind of cool and then there's circle to search and where you can you have an image and you just use the, your your s pen because that's still a thing uh and you draw on the ultra draw a circle on the screen to highlight something and then google search will identify the item and offer links to more information or of course Purchasing opportunities. Now, Tasia, is that something you can do in the Pixel phones? Because there's no real stylus as a default on the Pixel phones. Is Circle to Search available on? So it is supposed to be. I have the Pixel 8 Pro. It does not. It's not working for me, or I don't okay. have it yet. I swear gotcha. I'm updated. Maybe I'm coming know. soon. I swear I'm updated. And you would just circle with your finger instead of a pen. It's supposed to be the exact right? same. Yeah. Yes, and like gotcha. I know, like I've seen people doing it, and people are supposed to like, like people have tried to trick it to. Oh yeah, I'll see if it gets this, and it's it's Google. So Google will be like, "No, I found something similar," or "Here's this item." <laughs> like, right, right, right. so it it is there, but for me, that's a TBD for you until it works, and then I'll text you when you're up at four in the morning and be like, "Dude, I got it." <laughs> what else? We oh, there's a couple of other reassuring things as well. Um, well, and it, it, sorry, again, real real quick, lastly, Samsung showcased some other you know AI features, including you know, how AI can enhance the user experience, yada, yada, but also managing power consumption. So if AI, by seeing how you're using your device, it can help extend your battery life, great, especially with these gigantic screens, because we're looking not 6.1-inch screen for the regular and the plus models, we're, at, we're up to 6.2, and the Ultra is still 6.7, which seems to be the standard for those mega phones, formerly known as phablets. But the reassuring thing, one of the two reassuring things is these AI capabilities are supposedly also going to roll out to the S23 lineup, the Z Flip 5 and the Z Fold 5 by mid-2024. So that's great. They're not forcing you into the S24 because not most people don't upgrade their phones every year. So people who bought a phone from last year, a Samsung phone from last year, you're going to get a taste of some of that sweet, sweet AI action. But there's more, Tasia. In addition, I mean, this isn't AI related, but they are promising seven years of security and OS updates for the S24 range, making them a uh, quote unquote long-term investment. However, some features are exclusive to the Ultra model, which may disappoint some. Fine. But just like Google was saying, like they're all doing what, kind of, I hate to say it, but what Apple has been doing for a long time, just not really talking about it. Oh, look, we're supporting for several versions of Android now and seven years of blah, 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 for security updates. Great. Welcome to the party, guys. Um, but I think part of, part of that is the fact, the function of most current phones are so good and have so much headroom and maybe are overpowered to a certain extent that they can afford to continue doing the updates, especially the security updates, without really impact, uh, negatively impacting the performance. But that's great to see. I mean, I don't know how many people are hanging on to phones for seven years, but obviously some people are. So that's it. That's uh, mostly the AI angle on the uh, Galaxy S24 line. Lots of Google AI pixie dust in there. And once people start getting their hands on these for more detailed reviews, I'm sure more will come out in the wash. But it's exciting times. And of course, you know, then it's the ball's going to be in Google's court with their, their next line of Pixel phones. And then you know Apple in the fall. And the competition is good. So exciting times. But there's one other thing we didn't talk about, Tasia. And that is because we were already kind of long. Another gadget from CES had some AI magic in it. And what is it? And where can people find out more about it? Yes, there are these AI-powered binoculars. It's the first of their kind. They're from Swarovski. 
so you can guess on the price. They're called the Optic AX Vizio, and I talked all about them over on my Talk Techie to Me podcast. So you can just like Google Talk Techie to Me podcast, and I talk a little bit about them. I did like a I picked kind of what I thought were the five most useful things um, from CES this year. And though these babies are quite expansive, (laughs) I do think they're very cool. So find out more info there because once again, Tristan and I have talked way too long. Every time we say, we got to keep this tight, let's keep this short. And then it's like over a freaking hour. What is wrong with us? Uh, I, I don't know. But again, if you there's other stuff you want to hear, learn about uh, from the CES and you somehow were living under the rock and didn't catch it, uh, check out our latest episode of Momentous Live as well, which Tasia did not appear upon. Uh, but that's that's fine. We're not bitter. But uh, we, at least Gray and Will were there. So check us out, Momentous.tv and TasiaCustody.com for all that. And you can find out more about us at AINamedTheShow.com, Tasia. And with that, we say thank you so much for listening to a very long-winded episode of AI Name This Show. To help us get the word out, we would love if you would hop on over to twitter.com slash AI Name This Show. And please give us a follow. Click that follow button. And you know what? Hit that little bell button as well. Because that gives you show alerts. And that's what we want you to have. Because we're going to have some AI news there, stuff that's not really about, like, it's, I promise we're not all promotional. Like, just listen to the latest episode. Nope. We've got AI news, other occasional nonsense. You never know what we're going to do over on on the tweet machine, if you will. Twitter.com <laughs> slash AI named this show. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of AI named this show. AI and goodbye. <laughs> did you see what I did there? Hop on over. Rabbit oh, cause a little bird? I know the rabbit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the DTNS family of podcasts. Helping each other understand. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.